Alvin Lee bringing us into another two-hour session here today in this insane world that we are currently living in. Uh, Roger Sales, your get-it-done guy here, kind of moderator, orchestrator, whatever you want to call it, instigator. Ooh, golly, they probably call me racist. Radio Ranch, the name of our little quilting session, and the People's Patriot Network, our platform. Wherever you are, we're sure glad to have you. And the fact that you've taken, especially the folks that are here in this live, uh, taking the time out of your day to come in here. And I'd like to view it as get a little sanity. Uh, and that's what we try and do ordinarily. We talk about the base roots, how they've pulled all this off, the things that we're seeing personified in day-to-day -day activities, especially in our country, but now, unfortunately, infecting the rest of the world. It's a Wednesday. I think today's the 17th. That's what it is. Today's the 17th of June, 6, 17, 20, pretty close to the solstice here. Um, very interesting time, obviously. All kinds of things going on. Uh, much of it centers around China. Much of it centers around communists. All of it centers around satanic Edomite bastards that uh, put all these things into operation, provoke it, and try and control reality through their various mechanizations, all while assuming complete anonymity and in the background. They're really unbelievable, skilled at this political puppeteering. Uh, of course, they've had a long time to get proficient at it practice their wiles, the wiles of the devil, I think it's referred to. Paul's supposed to be with us. He said he was going to. I could probably dial him up, but I usually would prefer to him to call in that way I'm not interrupting whatever the heck he's doing. And uh, you're welcome to call in, too. This is a discussion show. Here comes Mr. Chris. He's going to be the first to answer the call, and he probably didn't even hear the call because he just listens when he's on the air. Morning, Chris. Um, just getting started here. Yeah, thanks. Um, Paul, check in with us here at some point. And uh, I was just telling the audience they're also welcome to. What we generally seem to have is a, you know, a couple of guys that are sitting around the table and like to belly up to the table and talk. And I always invite the folks that, you know, some folks that just like to listen, feel that it's beneficial to hear older men of some kind of intelligence and wisdom discuss things of great import people some people just like to sit back and listen to that you know and take the ride we always of course extend an open hand invitation for you to become part of the conversation either uh something that's ongoing something we've said in the past or something that you've had on your mind and and uh, uh just haven't been able to you know scratch it till you get that answer and uh don't forget that as the old saying in the teaching profession is the only dumb question is the one that isn't asked. So we try not to leave that stone unturned around here or turn unstoned or however you want to phrase it around here because it's really for those kind of people. You know, the origins of the program and the real reasons uh, that we're here 
uh, is to help you learn that you've got freedom that you didn't know you had and you can tap into it relatively easily. There's no, no gain without sacrifice, but, uh, uh, but the sacrifice is positive here because the things that you learn change and tilt your life back in a correct posture. Okay? They give you adequate grounding spiritually, historically, and they allow you to right yourself almost like a ship that's listing to one side. And all of a sudden they get the ballast right in the bottom of the ship or the wind shift or whatever the problem is. And that ship can just right itself in the water. And uh, that's what's happened to our minds. We've Most people are listing. I don't know whether it's port or starboard, but I know damn well they're listing, and they're listing heavy, baby. So anyway, that's what we try and do here. I want to invite people to do it. Call in if you feel an urge. We'd love to hear from you if you're new and we haven't met you. Uh, we'd certainly love to answer any questions or any, any thoughts you got have. So, Chris, how you doing this morning while we're waiting for Paul and things to develop? Well, uh, a couple of weeks ago I got on here one day, I don't, and I noticed that uh, India and Pakistan, or India and China were having this little skirmish, and I said, look out for it. And here, a couple of weeks down the line, they had another altercation. With, and I, I meant to mention it yesterday. It actually happened Sunday night, but we had such a spirited conversation yesterday that we didn't. I didn't get to it. Nobody else brought it up. So, But it's escalated, and they had another, uh, another little – there's Paul. Here, there. Well, all right. Well, let's see. I never know. Well, let's see. Okay, Paul. So he's going to call in. There comes Shane. Shane's going to beat him to it. Uh, well, before you, before uh, you jump there. Uh, yeah, all right. Hold yeah, go ahead and talk because i got administrative things to do. All right. Well, there's a convergence of information colliding together here in this global uh, situation. And uh, you're right on point with India, Pakistan. Uh, Afghanistan, the Middle East, the China and Russia, and the U.S. and the sandbox, of course, all being involved together. And so there's a really important video with uh, George Webb, uh, Jer uh, Prather, and uh, former Jones that uh, everybody would probably be very interested to see if they want to look at older guys that have experience. This guy's a deep-level uh, special ops guy that's come forward as a whistleblower. Well, you want obviously you've seen it. You want to give us a little thumbnail? Is it me you're talking well, to? No, I was talking uh, to Chris. He, he leaves us hanging on this, and then I just asked him if he could give us just a thumbnail of it. Welcome, Paul. You and Shane both came on in the in that interlude. Just, Chris, nail right. that down with a thumbnail, if you could, man, for us. Well, basically, he's tying everything that's going on today with this insurgency special operations psyops that's going on around America, the burning of places around the world, uh, the global contentions, the uh, global chaos, confusion. Uh, it is all one global new world order, the deep state, and the uh, sycophants that behind the scenes behind the that scenes, want to control their own self-interest. Where'd that echo come from? Where'd that echo come from? Hello. Okay, it's gone. Uh, whew. Never know, do you, Paul? Welcome, buddy. We'll go back and touch on right. Chris's thing here. I think that'll be one of the overriding themes of the discussion today. How's everything over there uh, in Jolly Old? Um, it's jolly, and it's very old. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, uh, yeah, I, I don't. Well, I don't know how jolly it is. It's um, it's it's crazy. Um, but you know, like we're going to get bored of all these adjectives, aren't we? We're going to yeah. run out. We're going to have to create some new ones. I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago. It's time for a new adjectives competition to describe new levels of uh, mass confusion Deba- and bewilderment. Deba- and how about debauchery? Yeah, I- how about debauchery? Yeah. It could be. It's not so much that people are hypnotized, although they are, but they're really sort of acclimatized. They're acclimatized to a certain way of thinking about things, and they can't – many of them just can't break out of that. It's called conditioned and, response. Um, they do a really, yeah, it is. really good job. And we've all got job. it to some degree. Yep. yep. We all have it, you know. I mean, it's it's not that you don't have it. It's like, you know, maybe, maybe we've addressed before that the um, – the the trick is to be aware of it. You know, it doesn't mean you can even get rid of it. But at least if you're aware that you've got a sort of mental encumbrance or a condition, you can you can deal with it. But when you're unaware of it, when you think that everything that you're seeing things clear and straight, and there's been a lot of communications around here from people who I can tell from the way they're writing are absolutely crystal clear in their own mind that what they're saying is bang on the nail. In the in fact, from my perspective, it's a million miles in the wrong direction. Um, you you know, begin to see the problem that we have. It's this, it's the communica- it's the mature sort of communications environment. And because we that, can't communicate to this continual bewilderment and, yeah. and they muddy the water of communication by screwing with these words. I want, you know, as I think back about the long path I've been on for all these years and the people that I've had the privilege and sometimes non-privilege of interacting with one of them is speaking a wise old men would be retired general air force general benton p parton benton parton was his name i hope he's still with us mm-hmm. i have a feeling he's probably not he was elderly at that time but he's just one of these really exceptional people that you meet along the path and he had quite a national reputation and as the experts expert in munitions in the country when the murrah city building was bombed that's where he came to the forefront and his information came out, and he had done extensive study on these bastards over many years. And I remember one thing he said to me. I got to spend hours with him one-on-one, okay? I was just very fortunate at that period because uh, I was designated to take him to the airport. And uh, so we got to sit down and talk. And I remember in his talks and stuff, he would say something. He'd say it so with such a tone and tenor in his voice that it just, the way he said it left an impression. I think it's why it sticks with me. And he said, when we were studying Freud, they were studying Pavlov. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe it's always going to be like that to, to some degree. And, and when it's in small, minor matters, it's maybe not so critically important but um but this is not a small or minor moment in history is it Mm -hmm. even though it feels absolutely bogus the whole thing is like some really third-rate staged theater play and 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 my sort of sense is i'm sat in the theater watching this and i'm and i'm looking at it and i'm going god this is rubbish and I'm going to turn to someone for agreement. But as I look at the rest of the people in the auditorium, I see that they're not only are they hypnotized by this play, but they don't even think it's a play. I think it's real. Yes, they do. This is, 
a lot of them think it's real. There might be a few people that were giving nods and winks across huge range of people. Oh, I see that you see. Yeah, I do. But what are we going to do about all these other people? Um, and there are more of us doing that than I have been at any other point. But still, the, the scale of the ease with which people just do the same old thing in response to in response to these things and continue to be puzzled about why it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because it didn't work in the first place, and it's not the way to actually deal with it. It's just exacerbating the problem of confusion, you know? You know. So you, you may have seen that. Uh, I mean, it's just I'm so embarrassed by this. It's just ridiculous. Over here, right, nobody even got hurt. Well, actually, they did. White people are getting hurt all the time. You know, it's the same story. So no one's got hurt. It wasn't George Dudar who got killed here. Yet, yet people have decided that he, he may as well have. And we've got these ridiculous scenes. They are truly um, appalling in the sense that they show the mental capitulation of a certain type of person. It's not all Britons that are like that. But, of course, if you were to watch the news or read the newspapers, and I have to watch a bit of it just to see how they're spinning it, this is really all you see, you know, that the the police are – are bending down to the protesters. And I go, well, they're obviously not policemen. That's finished. I mean, they're just human beings dressed up as policemen. They may all be in their policeman club, but this is not what they're doing, is not policing. They're not doing that. They're doing something else. And um, I think Daryl mentioned a few weeks ago, you know, and it's just a simple point, but one worth remembering. repeating is that all of the institutions, all of the power centers are subverted. Yep. And uh, all of them. Um, And I I know most of the listeners here know that, but still uh, it's worth keeping your eyes peeled on all of these sorts of things. Cause there is no, not from the established arena. There's no, there's no white knight on a horse coming over the hill to save this situation. I was talking to a friend online about a week ago and he was puzzled about this. And I said, look, I said that, uh, and this is not a new thing that I'm expressing either. I've said this before. I said that, that we cannot look in that area. There's no point interacting with these people at all, uh, not on the basis that, of having hope that they're going to do something to fix our problems, that they're not capable of doing that. It doesn't matter what – and it's a waste of time even getting angry with them. You're putting your energy in the wrong direction. The only answer is going to come from us. But when you see the state of some of us, you begin to uh, – makes you even more sober – and uh, What's in it, the process of, well, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Who, I'll tell you who's got to weigh in, and they're not going to weigh in because of their nature, and that's this huge group of people called the silent majority. I mean, they're they're the ones. That, uh, Trump has a uh, one of the first um, campaign things scheduled this weekend, and he put it in a yes. in the heart of the country in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Have you seen anything about that? We've talked about it on the show. I think I've seen that a lot of people want a ticket to go. Well, more than a, a million. Don't know how many. And that was as of Sunday, Monday. Right. Okay. Uh, there's your silent majority right there in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, uh, so yeah. that's what they're trying to keep down because that – and the worse they show their fanny, as my mother would say, the worse they show mm-hmm. their ass – the more these people have a dividing line in their mind. And as I said, these are the ones that are older a little bit, and they've been through or know about the Kennedy assassination, 9-11, 
all the shenanigans, et cetera, et cetera. And now this. Yep. Okay. And that, that's, I think the big ace whole ace card in our favor, really. And like I said, it, they're indistinguishable because they're the ones that traditionally sit in the background, and don't say anything, but at some point they're going to step forward. Okay. And, uh, we'll see. That's of course what they don't want. And my, query personal and is we know these guys will do anything they they have no limits on what they'll do we have no idea the shenanigans they've had cooking on the back burner and working for how long to be able to bring up at a point like the next four months before november so there ain't no telling what's coming no i guess there isn't really um it at the moment you know, given what happened with the um, the wonderfully theatrical virus that doesn't harm anybody any more than anything else, no more people are dead now anywhere in the world at this time of the year than they were at last, this time last year, irrespective of what the cause is. It's round about the same. So, you know, there's nothing <laughs> there's nothing dangerous about it. And like I said the other week, we've still got people here going around with masks on, which now is quite clearly a sign of bovine stupidity because they've had enough time even stupid people to research things and find out that it's completely counterproductive. It Um, serves a purpose. It serves, they serve a purpose for us, Paul. It allows us to identify the sheep. Well, it does. It does. I mean, it works both ways, you know, that they're enabling us to make our market research that much easier. Um, and to see exactly what's going on. Uh, there are a lot of people that are really up to speed with everything that's going on. Um, but of course it's the publicity machine again, like we say, um, the BBC, I've saw some wonderful little uh, criticisms of the BBC here earlier today in some certain Twitter feeds. Uh, I don't tweet much, I just, but I graze it quite a bit because it's like a big sort of comment section, although it is basically a massive echo chamber and not necessarily the best place for, for truth. But in terms of emotional reaction and knee-jerk stuff, it's quite useful. You see where people's trigger points are. Um there is an overwhelming sense that people, a huge number of people are crystal clear that the BBC is effectively a voice for globalism and is not a voice for Britain at all. And it hasn't been that way for a long time. That's nothing new. I've said that loud, and I'll have to keep saying it, not necessarily to this audience, but to, a, they've to shown more, more people who are not necessarily. We don't have to say yeah. it. They've shown us. Yeah, they do. They show us all the time. And um, the whole of the culture, I came across a, a, an article that's quite old. The guy's died now, but he was a major newscaster over here called Martin Sissons, and uh, he used to work for the independent television channel. Then the BBC hired him because he was very good, and he worked there as one of their main news anchormen for 20 years. And one of the articles that he'd written was talking about the leftist culture. Is, 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 the, uh, is the BBC a leftist organization? He said it's not so much that it's leftist, it's just that it's steeped in that culture, most of the people there do vote for sort of socialist causes. And every single thing is seen through that lens, everything. And this is what gives such a challenge, really, to those of us that are picking it apart. People are sort of misusing language continually. And you have to say, okay, in terms of discussing these points, they're really, we haven't got enough life left to discuss them all. I'm not going to live long enough. <laughs> None of us are to address all this nonsense that keeps being thrown back into the, you know, just as you sort of maybe getting somewhere, they throw more stuff back in. And and like we were saying, I think the other week, most of these people tend to come to the views in my view today. Anyway, I'm always open to change, but they've come to the views that they have uh, not based on historical research and a study of things like facts, those old fashioned. No, 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 no. But yeah, based on sort of group 
momentum and what is uh, what you do to be seen to be holier than thou. And that's the problem. Um, bloody do-gooders. Do-gooders are the problem. It's a sort of uh, – and it, it describes a very, I, I suspect, a very complex sort of psychological process. There's lots of layers to it, which, which cause people to not stand up for what is sound and correct, but what is expedient now, okay, what will on. give them the most – a bit of applause right now, today. You know. And go along with the herd mentality. I mean, you know, the, I'm deeper so. you, the deeper you get into this, I've come to this thought years ago, and and at some point you realize that it is a herd. And you realize that the mantra of these evil people that are doing this is not totally incorrect, that they do need somebody to guide them. I'm not sure that personal liberty is good instituted throughout those people because a great percentage are incapable of it. I Well, I tend to agree. I think we all at some point during our life have been incapable of it as part of the growing up process. You know, you're not born uh, completely comprehending all of the complexities of the life you're about to step into. You're just not. Um and that goes for everyone. Okay, some people get a much faster start, and by the time they're 15 or 16, they've been through all the correct places, and they're being groomed for whatever positions in the world power structure, et cetera, et cetera. But the vast majority of us do not undergo such a sort of education, if that's what you want to call it, or an indoctrination, an inculcation. Um, and so we have to learn you know, from our own, uh, our own abilities. And there's not a huge number that want to do it. I mean, there just isn't. I think that's the thing that probably p- perplexes people like you and me and Chris and everybody else around here, why other people can't feel that <laughs> that itch and don't want to scratch it. You go, what's up with you? <laughs> don't you feel that? You know, don't you know? I mean, and uh, maybe they did know, like we all knew when they were young, but it gets, you know, pushed onto the back burner and squashed by the absorption well, of too much alcohol and sports and TV and all the sorts of other distractive things that are in life. Now it goes back to what type of people, like you said, would do, you know, who wants to be in President Trump's shoes? Who wants to well, who, have indeed. some of those positions? And usually it comes down to the fact that nobody does. The compensation certainly doesn't allow for what you go through. But more importantly, it excludes so many people that it really is a path for the socio-psychopaths. And as I've said in the past, yes. you know, you get into one of those guys like Hillary Clinton versus Ron Paul. Well, Hillary Clinton's going to mm-hmm. do anything to reach that platform, and Ron Paul's going to have limits. I'm not going to do that, and it's going to put him at a disadvantage, and he's going to lose like yes. he always did. Yep. Yeah, it's to, it's to do with um, – what's that to do with? It's to do with the fact that maybe, you know, in that example, Ron Paul has a higher value system, which is very, very important to him. And, and why would it be very important to him? Because you could say, maybe stretching it a bit thin, that he understands that this life is not all there is and what you do here echoes down and, and you carry it with you. Unlike uh, your material wealth and possessions here, you don't carry any of that with you. <laughs> but the, but what you do to your own character, you harm or augment yourself accordingly. So that's, you know, you would say, well, in this example, Ron Paul is the one showing the greatest qualities of wisdom with regards to how he behaves. And and certainly, in my view, that's true, right? Who would want to be that woman? Well, obviously she did. 
uh, at some point. But uh, from you know our perceptions here and what we hear about her, she's turned into a creature of hell. There's no other way to describe it. And uh, uh, you know it'll do for now until somebody comes up with some new words to describe what she's up to. Um, but uh, yeah, the whole of the weekend here, I didn't follow it. I you know so where are we now? Wednesday, Saturday there were these big sort of gatherings in London. Uh, many of them were being streamed over YouTube. I caught about ten minutes of one. Um, most of the white guys that turned up, many were sort of the, of the football hooligan branding, but I don't really mind. Football hooligans have existed, and they're, they're not always hooliganizing around. And uh, it's part of England, and if you don't like it, don't come here, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I just think, you know, it's a big deal. A lot of people wet their knickers about this. Oh, they're hooligans, they're hooligans. Yes, yes, okay. So you, you, this is something new, is it? It's not something new at all. These sorts of people have existed for a long time, and some of them are great. You know, I got to tell you, I drew the line with in, with the people over there, honestly, with these grooming gangs. When there's no more of an outrage of yep. these foreigners coming in and running your young daughters through these gauntlets, and it has just passed on, you know, like a, a like a gas pain well, is I, just I gone. Roger, I think what know? it is, yeah, no, it's not so much that there's not an outrage; it's there all the time. It's that there's no channel for it to be expressed and, and yield up a sensible result of any type. It's an absolute colossal push to begin. You have to destroy your own life to pursue that and make yeah, it good. Right. That's right. And most people can't do it. In other words, when you go to the next highest level of local authority, and people have and communicated this, it dies. They put up colossal resistance. This is the problem. The power yeah. centers are all subverted. Yeah. Well, it's policy. They're absolutely filled. Sure. Yep. They're filled with mediocre people who have been given a higher position in life than they really are fit to hold. Correct. And that's all they've got in life, these that's, people. That's and they're going to do anything to hang on to it. You know. That's right. And instead of them, what happens is instead of them being people that bring their positive points to the position, the position's ability to override other people takes its evil side and it imposes it on the person, and then they execute. I, th I think so. There was a noteworthy writer some years ago. I remember what his last name was. It was called the Peter Principle. Mm -hmm. And the basic context of the Peter Principle was man rising to his highest level of incompetency, which perfectly describes the scenario you just posed, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think it does. I mean, you can't carte blanche accuse all people of that, but basically something happens to these people when they go into these positions and the, and the retaining the position, it becomes their entire purpose in life. And they lose connection with the idea of what good it might be able to do. Uh, but there were, I mean, I don't know. I can't recollect the document. Um, maybe somebody can. Maybe it's a vague thing. But I remember reading stuff um, about how, for example, within the legal system, everything was going to be reversed. So that the victims of crime would be would suffer the most, and those that perpetrate it, uh, would almost be applauded for doing it. And you have to say that that is the theme of things, very much so, certainly with regards to the indigenous people over here. So, uh, you know, one guy on Saturday took a leak in the street next to, I think inadvertently, where this policeman had been killed about two years ago in Westminster Bridge. I don't think the guy even knew. But anyway, they've locked him up. However, the other side have been beating people up and none of those are locked up. Burning and, of course, and they are peaceful. They're, yeah, they're peaceful protesters. But uh, the people that are resisting it don't want the statues turned down. They're a mob 
or you know they are uh, extremists this kind of stuff well and, and so yet again we see that it all begins with the use of the language as we, as we know sure. around here but sure. you know we need a counter voice that that's what's we need to build up as i keep saying that can it does exist but we're suffering from a lack of wattage we need a lot more power through it that's really what we need um well it, it's very interesting as you get look at the bigger picture of this and i'm coming to understand the way they've got this employed deployed is uh, leaderless cells first of all notice all yep. these things are leaderless cells which is what they fear the most because they know it's the most effective because nobody can go in and penetrate it okay mm-hmm. so they got leaderless yep. cells of these antifa thugs and then they start the protests and they infiltrate and ask, exacerbate the protests with the inserted thuggery okay but now under the auspices not of antifa that, but covered up by Black Lives Matter. So Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter is really a political party. And now with all this happening, for instance, Tucker Carlson was saying this last night, or somebody I heard was, a very valid point, of all the corporations now, of course, which our adversaries totally control, are the ones that are given uh, $20 million and Nike, $40 million, all these big corporations giving all these huge amounts, vast sums of money to this Black Lives Matter group for, let's say, bail. But they only used yeah. a couple hundred million dollars for bail. What happened to the rest of it? Here is the backdoor funding for a new insurgent Trotskyite Frankfurt School political party yeah. globally. Yeah. You know, in Australia, yeah. the Black Lives Matter down there is, uh, is getting active. You know, for who? The Aborigines, where the, the Australian laws go out of their way to protect the Aborigines before they protect the Australians. Yeah. I mean, it, it would seem, you know, this is nothing new, but wherever there are vestiges or remnants of uh, Christian uh, civilized law systems, and wherever our people still are seeking to obey them, these are obviously the prime targets because the replacement of a globalist Roman law system or whatever they've got lined up, you know, I don't really care what they call it, and I'm not even too keen to understand it, frankly. Uh, we know that it will have been made up by men who, who are seeking to clear out the old as they perceive it to bring in the new, something which realistically as traditionalists uh, we are against, I am against, uh, purely because I see the value in many of these traditional things. They're not perfect, but they dwarf the nonsense that's being offered as a suitable replacement, which it isn't, of course. Um, and so we have this conundrum. I mean, the, the people that go on the marches, to some degree, of course, the, the, the ones that are trying to protect the statues are still confused to a great degree. Uh, their, their emotions are correct and their motivations correct, but they're the nuancing of the arguments and the understanding of the history of, of our nation in particular is lost. I saw this thing, there was a little clip the other day of this guy uh, at one of these things over the weekend talking to the audience or whatever it was, saying that Churchill had, I think he personally stopped Hitler and that this was a good thing and that this justified protecting the statues. Uh, and as I said to you last week, I'm all over the shop with this because Churchill's not a good person. Right. Uh, it's, a p- it's a pity he stopped Hitler, but then he didn't need to stop Hitler because Hitler wasn't threatening this country. And that's why he sent 38 offers of peace, which this man knew nothing about. What am I supposed to do? Get, uh, you know, the guy wasn't in front of me, but I go, you know, what would you say? He said, look, there is a conversation to be had here. 
Um, but I'm going to have to insult you. You're not fit to be in it. Just now. <laughs> I don't have to side with the black to be in that, just like I'm not just like I'm not fit to be in a conversation about particle physics, which I'm not, right? So I wouldn't pretend to be, even though I might have seen, you know, some TV program about particle <laughs> physics. I, 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 but how do you say that to a normal person who thinks this is the key thing? Because they, they know a bit of history, because they've been awash they, with the way films have portrayed know. all these things. Oh, yeah, the middle They guy. think that they know, don't they? And so, you know, your first point of call is, I'm going to have to insult your intelligence. Yeah. And by the well, time I've done that, the possibilities of a conversation, I understand, will have gone. Can I, can I, quote, <laughs> so, can I quote Mark Twain here? You can always quote Mark Twain at me. Not a problem. It ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so. Yeah. Who's the other guy? Your comedian guy. Um, he paraphrased that, didn't he? Or he used to run it. You, George Carlin? In the 20s and 30s. Oh, oh, in the 20s. No, no, old guy. Oh, he's gone. Um, he's fantastic. I, I was going to say, if I was in that crowd, I'd probably side with the Black Lives Matter people on the Churchill statue. <laughs> Well, that's what I was saying to you last week. I'm going, well, you're correct about this, but your reasons are wrong, but they're right about this. But I'm going, look, can everybody sit down? It's impossible. What are you uh, going to do? What are you going to do with all this? Pretty funny. Hang on uh, just a second. I've just got to step away from the mic for five right. seconds. Hang okay, on. good. Well, i got Shane and Chris here and a, and a couple of ears out there. Hey, Shane and Chris. You got Shane, you got anything to add to this, bud? Where you been? You've been gone for a, a month or two, and now you're back here the last few days. What's been going on with you? I guess he doesn't want to tell us. Uh, Chris? I'm back with you. There you are. Okay. Paul's back anyway, Shane. So go back to smoking your cigarette outside. Uh, okay, Paul. Uh, <laughs> I've got a cat locked in here in my studio. It's ridiculous. Really? Yeah. Um, well, I've got the door open. It's very warm for England. It's very warm. You know what we're like. We're pathetic. It only has to go up a few degrees. And we're all sweating cobs. So uh, the cat obviously um, sleeps when the Anyway, never mind. Before you joined us, I was kind of commenting. We were talking a little bit on this little, uh, oh, this little confab they're having over there in the Himalayas between China and India. I don't know if you've been looking at it. Oh, yes. I, I saw it a couple yeah. of weeks ago when it first popped up. They had that fist fight. And evidently, that's what they had again uh, the other day. But at least there was – I'm getting mixed reports, but between 20 and 40 Indian soldiers were killed. And one of them was a colonel because I saw his family grieving on a video right before the show this morning. So that's something to be real aware of. That whole area of the world's getting real fidgety, Okay. Of of any countries, well, good. Any, well, any, good because it's been so boring around here. Well, man, it's nice that something's you. happening at last. Well, good let's tell you what it, that little that's a concentrated <laughs> area of some real important stuff that's all really really percolating, and it seems like really the country that's had the most direct take off the gloves with China to this point is Australia. Uh, and they've been going at it pretty hot and heavy here, and I'm proud of Australia yeah. for standing up for the way they're doing, okay, and how they're handling it, because something like 67% of their trade is with China. They've let themselves get in that bad position where they're overshaded, and China can come in and use their bullying tactics, which they've been doing extremely effectively. So the outlet over there is... Another powder keg where you got India and their traditional enemy, Pakistan, and now the border thing with China on land that evidently Pakistan 
it's Pakistan's land, but India administers it. And the fight is with a border with China. So it's a really complex little issue. And, the, of course, the big, the big red flag here is China and India are both nuclear countries. And dare I say Pakistan, too, who'd love to get India distracted with China and stick it right up their barracks bag. Okay, So it's a real volatile yeah. potential situation over there. Well, I think I think in Europe we've got plenty of capacity to look at that as well, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> and you have too. I, just, I mean, what about the Eskimos? Aren't they causing some well, grief somewhere you, yet? You, they, you, they're all you know, sat there lurking. They're waiting. They're going to make their move. You wait. Out of, honestly, see. out of the years I've put into this, one of the gems that has come to me that I would have never stumbled on ordinarily, I don't think, is geopolitics. Uh, and uh, becoming aware of it and then studying it for years and watching things like this happen and develop are, are real interesting to me from a big picture, you know, standpoint. Well, yeah. But I, I mean, you know, I, I'm going to come back to my little, this key point, not just with that, although it's not as obvious with that, but, but all of these things, Australia you mentioned, yeah, is within all of the newspaper reporting, the, you know, one of these overarching contexts all the time, is that uh, these problems can be sorted out by X, Y, and Z. If we can reduce racism, whatever anybody knows that that is, if we can reduce this, if only that, you know, if, if only black people weren't being shot by policemen, blah, 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 blah. All of it, of course, is complete garbage. None of it will ever work. It hasn't worked. It's the, it is the problem. It is the problem. Sure. And so this, this drive, this continual overarching drive, which exists in all media and in most of the minds of the people that form it and write it, that, you know, we're one world and we're all going to come together. That's the problem. It's a completely redundant, irrelevant idea. It's not needed. We're not. It's meant- totally surplus to requirements. We hey, don't look, need it. We tried, they you know. tried the one world back in Babylon these days and the tower and it didn't work out and it ain't going to work out this nope. time. It certainly isn't. It just doesn't work. It's no need to work. It's a a complete um, hobgoblin of the mind, which, of course, has been placed there by other goblins. It's as if you go to the great continent of Africa and you take all the beasts from the monkeys to the friggin' elephants and rhinos and you throw them all in the same area. Yeah, let me give you – here's something. I'll just read a, a little bit of this, not all of it. Somebody sent me this the other day. Uh, which kind of illustrates this. Apparently from Prime Minister Julia Gillard of Australia. Now, I don't know whether she is the Prime Minister now, but she used to be or something. Mm-hmm. No, there's a what. guy, Morrison, now that's real sharp. Yeah. I like him. All right. Well, yeah, but he's probably not going to be sharp enough. <laughs> Sorry to be so cynical. But she she wrote this. She says, Muslims who want to live under Islamic Sharia law were told on Wednesday, so there's a report, to get out of Australia as the government targeted radicals in a, in a bid to head off potential terror attacks. Separately, Gillard angered some Australian Muslims on Wednesday. There's no such thing as an Australian Muslim, by the way. This is part of the problem with the language. By saying she supported spy agencies monitoring the nation's mosques. Quote, Immigrants, not Australians, must adapt. She's wrong on that. Take it or leave it. I am tired of this nation worrying about whether we are offending some individual or their culture. Since the terrorist attacks on Bali, we have experienced a surge in patriotism by the majority of Australians. So this is old and it goes on about how they must do this and how they... All of the things she says, of course, elicited at the time, kind of a positive... Yes, she's standing up for Australia. But you see, this is like dealing the horse is gone 
It's too late. The, the fundamental flaw in the thinking is to have those people there in the first place. And th that's the whole thing. None of these rebuttals are, of, are, are actually rebuttals at all. They are actually accelerating the process. This resistance, which comes out in these sorts of things, are doing exactly that sort of thing over and over again. Look at the damn nucleus of this whole bunch of crap. Our country was where? Minneapolis. Where's What's Minneapolis? Where they imported all the Somalians when Obama was in. Why do you think they stuck them all up there to do this? Until this is actually becomes a, um, a nice, sensible thing to talk about, I'm just going to call it repatriation right now, But and it can be done, everybody needs to go home is the gentle and much more pleasing-sounding way of doing it. People need to be at home, and then you can do what you like in your home. In fact, we would like you to do what you like in your home. Not that it's even any of our business. We can't tell you what to do at all. Isn't that nice? Uh, but you can't tell us either. And this is because we've got... You know, just using that music analogy, um, remember last week we were talking about frequencies, and uh, I think Catcher called in and was saying that human beings of the different races, they resonate at different frequencies. This all seems a little bit sort of maybe archaic or, or, or kind of, you know, uh, occultic in a way, but it's true. Now, why, why would you mix different sorts of music in the same room? You would only do that if you were interested in making a discordant mess, wouldn't you? Oh, and, I got some uh, bad news for the audience. Have you? Yeah. If you've been raised on and weaned on Aunt Jemima syrup, Aunt Jemima syrup is no more because of its racist past. <laughs> At your breakfast table. Well, I, 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 I feel your loss, even though I don't know what it is you're talking about, but I, I sense it's a big blow. <laughs> Aunt Jemima syrup is maple imitation maple syrup has been, I hell, it's probably been on the shelves for fifty years or more. <laughs> but it's got to go, does it? Because it, no, it's, it's gone. With an evil dark it's past. It's gone. Has it? That's followed. Gone with the wind. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not allowed to watch that anymore. You, you see, this stuff is toxically in. What's me. actually occurring as well? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're back to that thing. You sever a people from their history, and this ah. now includes our commercial history, doesn't it? Like this product. Well, these are part and parcel. These, you these, do that, you've got people all over the shop. Listen, these idiots in Philadelphia, I mean, to the extremes that these that these corporate entities are enforcing this is ridiculous, but the mob is like, is, is like the French Revolution, really. In Philadelphia, they ripped down the statue of a famous abolitionist. For Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and then, but this is to the extent, I heard somebody talk about it last night or something on a video. A writer at the Philadelphia Inquirer, who's the big newspaper there, did a story mm -hmm. saying buildings matter. Because of the buildings they're burning and some of the significance and stuff. And they fired him. Oh, ass. yes. They fired him. What about molecules? Don't molecules matter? And no. then um, everything everything matters. I, what about matter? Matter no. matters, doesn't it? It, it only you know, not unless you focus it through the Black Lives lens. Uh, did the last weekend, and I wish this would get traction because this is good. And it came out of the Trump campaign, and uh, they started a meme: "Babies' lives matter." 
and the left went apoplectic. Well, they are apoplectic already. It's just they're the only ones allowed to speak. They have to have the first word, all the words in the middle, and they must have the last word. And you, you have, and you get board. none, or you get shouted down and yeah. labeled. That's right. You must pr- then pretend that you're yeah. involved in a conversation and a meaningful dialogue. Oh. You must do that to, to yeah. And as you and I traded uh, right. traded a couple of yeah, messages yeah. and IMs, hello, here, there. Was that a female voice? Um, over the weekend, I, ju- I said, this is nothing but the Frankfurt School. What you're seeing is the Frankfurt School. If you don't understand it, go look the Frankfurt School up in a search engine and do some research, and you'll find out where the origins of this is, what it is, where it came from, how it's been vectored, who's running it, what its whole great motives are. It's all right there. You're just seeing it personified now, and, of course, they're not referring to it. Daryl's joined us. Yep. Uh, Shane left, and Daryl came on board. And, uh, so anyway, that's as simple as it is. Well, it, it is. It, it is very simple. And I see, you know, there's um, uh, there was an article I was reading a little bit earlier today about will there be any blowback here in the UK? Um, because there are often these communications. Somebody sent me something from Germany, asked me a question this morning about a document that was flying around. I think it was bogus. Um, and then there's been a lot of questions of, okay, so, you know, there are people out in the streets and things are insane and and we must be getting very close to blowback. But, 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 are we? And uh, uh, I'd like to think that we, we might be, but no one knows quite what form it ought to take. And everybody, unfortunately, is still appealing to the established structures. That's really what they're doing. Even these protests are about that. It, teaching people are, sh- are finding the way to literally disengage that's, and to go cold is is required. We have to go absolutely that, cold, like ice. None of this supposed heat is, is actually going to work. It's just feeding the fire, and it is going to reach this critical point where it will just go and roll and do all these sorts of things. I saw a reference over to an article in Vanity Fair, <laughs> a reputable organization, um, and it says this, this was, what date is this? This is June the 10th, so this is a few days ago. American voters are rapidly embracing the Black Lives Matter movement. Are they? Really? Vanity Fair says so, as I guess it must be true, right? But this is part of this assumptive, predictive programming stuff, you know, that they put in all of their uh, reports. Um, and it cites some other sort of survey that's been done. Um, but, of course, the survey was carried out by another outfit that used with a chap heading up that used to work for Barack Obama. Yet I'm supposed to believe that all of this stuff is sound and has got integrity in it and this, that, and the other and really is a true reflection of the American mind. I suspect very much not. But, unfortunately, if they're able to keep commanding the high ground of the media whilst they currently maintain that, then they keep shaping everybody's posi- um, you know, perceptions hour by hour and keeping it on track well, with this stuff. But so, that's the illusion. It's the same illusion that the night before the election that Hillary Clinton's poll numbers are double Trump's. Uh, it, it's them trying to pull off that kind of a scam to me. Uh, Daryl's jo- tried to join us two or three times. I think we got him along on board. Daryl, are you there, buddy? Well, okay. I guess I don't He's All right. away. Let's see here. Let's see if I can raise him. Maybe he's trying to. Who knows with all of these technical problems. Man, I had butt just stop yesterday for about 
two, three minutes and it just connecting, connecting, connecting. I couldn't figure out. I don't like to think of you uh, and your butt stopping. I know. I know it's, I know. it's a worry, isn't it? Really? We don't want you. Well, I to told the audience, well, I let him in on the joke, so it's not that big a deal. Let's Good. see. Daryl, did we get you in there, buddy? Yeah, I, I, uh, I've never had this happen before. I, the, uh, well, good morning, everybody, or afternoon. Um, I tried dial on three times, and each time it was doing all kinds of crazy things, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's, it was sending me all over to the to the forum and everywhere else. <laughs> wow. I don't know what was Well, going we're on, glad but, you landed over here uh, in the spotlight, and sorry you had some trouble. Are you calling on the phone, or are you calling on your Skype connection? It's it's Skype, yeah. It was uh, that's weird. That's weird. It had me connecting with uh, Greg and Brent and and Paul. Oh oh oh! (laughs) Uh, Here's here. All right, for anybody doing that, I know what happened. Now you went back to a previous conversation and clicked on it when all those people were on a previous conversation because they keep that in the registry, and so when you do that, it calls everybody. So every time you got to go back to the profiles and go strictly to the PPN hotline profile to connect. That's why that happened. Well, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm pretty sure I did that. <laughs> no, if you did, it wouldn't have called. So it, you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have called the other people because we have Shane did that a couple of times here recently, and all of a sudden, all these people get touched up. That's why I think. So anyway, welcome is, aboard. I'm glad you. Microscope. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you uh, navigated through it there, Captain. Yes, good. It was turbulent, but it was turbulent, but uh, we made it. So uh, I've been listening. You, you guys are really covering a lot of interesting ground here, as usually happens on Wednesdays and well, every other day, every day actually. Uh, I, I just want to suggest that the. Uh, I, I heard on True News last night that uh, the afterlife matters. How, how about that? <laughs> the, sure does. There's another one. And see, that's what we need yeah. to do is we need to be bombarding them back with ludicrous opposites, just like the two or three we mentioned here and then as many others as we can get in our quiver. Okay, That's, that's what exposes their crap. To even the average yeah. person. Listen, well, babies' lives matter. Buddy, that's one right in the bullseye. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's uh, – I, I did this three times yesterday when I was out in public with uh, people I, I frequent at their, their stores and different things. And they, we've all got to know each other. And I said, you want to do a little play acting? And they said, well, sure. And I says, okay, with a very straight, serious face – with purpose, look me in the eye. Of course, there's an audience around. Every time I did this, I said, look me in the eye and say, Black Lives Matters. And they, they'd kind of look around and they'd go, well, okay. And and so then, so so I want to do that here with you, Roger or Paul. Just do it with Paul. Just clearly and sincerely, just say, say it to me. Black Lives Matter. You want me to say it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Okay, Daryl, here we go. Black Lives Matter. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Duh. Okay. Duh. All right. So, uh, and 
it's like, okay, so what's the next, what's the next conversation? All right. Yeah. So, so you're stating the obvious here. Okay. All right. So, so what? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with them. Okay. You, you just stated something absurdly obvious. Okay. So what, what, what goes next? What, what's your point? I, I mean, it's really quite that simple, isn't it? What's, it is. what's your point? Uh, and your point I'm, is? I'm not disagreeing absolutely. with you. And your point yeah. is. And your point is, right? Uh, and, uh, oh, oh, excuse me, were, were there terms and conditions? Well, let, me, let me see the... <laughs> what's, what's the terms and conditions on that? All right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Am I just am I just entertaining myself here? Am I being too obtuse? I mean, you know. Uh, well, I I got a whole it's, page it's to the point of ridiculous. I got it's a whole, the ridiculousness. Okay, I, this this yeah. I got a whole so, page of these right. memes here on this topic. Somebody sent, and here's what: If Black Lives really mattered, they'd stop shooting each other, since ninety four percent of all black shot are shot by blacks. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a key one. I mean, I say, you know, Black Lives Matter, yeah, but obviously not to black people very much. Yeah. Can, uh, if, here, it, here's another that's true. One. Black lives do matter, but but not to blacks very yeah. much, it would seem. Here's Isn't another it? One. Look, I mean, it's the number one cause of death of black men is at the hands of another black man. That's right. So, Well, here's, here's an, here's an absurdity. Okay. Black lives matter only when white people take them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. Then they matter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just building, a, so, you know, they're, they're building a huge polit- global political group that's nefarious and uses communist methods and is being funded by the corporations and going into giant slush pools. And we don't know where the hell that's going, do we? Well, you notice no. that uh, the, the COVID virus is, is, uh, uh, the COVID virus, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, it, it doesn't exist at a uh, protest or uh, a riot. It doesn't exist. It goes away. Oh, I okay. knew that. I knew that. But apparently, <laughs> they're going to start over here. No, listen, it's really important this. Tonight in England, they're going to start footballing again. No. Like footballing starts tonight in a few hours' time. Does it? But there aren't going to be any crowds. So you can get it at a football match, but you cannot get it in London if you're protesting against for something noble. You can't get it. It's brilliant. Oh, well. So uh, I don't know quite how this works, but it, it does work because the government told me, and I trust them implicitly. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, they're all in, aren't they? Look, they're all in. The fact is, it's whether they've handled it intentionally badly or they really are as stupid as they appear to be, or a combination of the both, which is really my guess, because I don't think they're as you know competent as they would like us all to believe, even though their suits are very shiny and of the finest quality. Uh, you can see past that pretty quickly. But the, the bottom line is that um, they're, they're all in. They have to remain all in on the ruse, even though many of them yes, now, I'm do. sure, know it's a ruse, because otherwise the criticism that's coming at, back at them is, oh, for three months you were completely useless. Oh, yeah, yeah, we were. No, no, not only that, you were actually proactively dangerous in terms of what you did. You were an absolute menace. If it weren't for you, right, a lot of people who are currently experiencing all sorts of unpleasantness and sordid awfulness wouldn't have experienced it. You caused that. That's that's where the argument goes. So they can't allow it to go there. So they have to maintain the bluff. They're bluffing. 
and they have to maintain the bluff. And the problem we've got is that their bank is huge. Yep. They keep raising us. Every time we want to call them, they go, oh, four billion now. Oh, no, not again. Can't somebody put a cap on this? Well, not really. But, yeah, that's why they're all in. And then this Black Lives Matter thing is just – its the fact that it's over here is just ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It's, it's Hell, silly. This whole slave thing oh, came out. Why shouldn't it be over there? This whole damn slave thing came out over there. I know. We started it all. We love enslaving people. That's what we do. <laughs> you know? It's, we're brilliant at it. Can't we get, get it again? You know, this country could do with a lift. Let's get a new sl- I mean, it's just oh, a nonsense done it. right now. Well, they've done <laughs> it again. You I know. Just, you just don't recognize it. Um, uh, no, I do. I'm sort of, you know, I'm really pushing it. Did you know, I mean, you may know right now, uh, in two years' time, there's a football World Cup apparently going to take place in Qatar, right? Qatar, where the the average daily temperature is like 8,000 degrees. Right. I don't know what it is, right? But it's, it's sort of loony hot. It's stupidly hot. Qatar. Now, Qatar, Q-A-T-A-R. Yeah, Qatar. I, I, and, think um, I think you're stringing me along. You're stringing me along, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Steady. It's a bit too early for too many puns. But no, and um, 2022, obviously, Qatar got it purely on merit and their great tradition as a footballing nation going back minutes and uh, there was no bribery or backhanders to fee for executives at all. We deny that completely. Nothing of the sort. This was a completely honest decision to put it there. And uh, all these stadiums have been built with slave labor, literally. And they're being built and completed with slave labor right now. Actual slavery is taking place. Actual slavery as well is taking place in London at the behest of and within the Islamic community who uh, bring people over and enslave them. Uh, there are all these stories keep popping out of sort Good of a God, woman man. that's been held in a house for 15 years, you know, polishing shoes or something. Okay, well, you know, that's their hobby. If they like to do that, that's fine. But apparently, if, it, if anything comes even close to us, we are at fault all the time. And uh, the issue, the reason why the, the, the comment or the, the volume of communication around it continues to build up is that we are devoid of any leaders in the sphere of communication. And by leaders, I don't mean outstanding men. I just simply mean anybody that it starts to issue repeatedly the correct rebuttals. They don't They don't issue them. They say, oh, we must consider this. Now we've got policemen, people dressed up, acting as policemen, kneeling. It's truly tragic. It's pathetic. And I tell you, those people are never going to recover from that. They, they may as well just sort of stick a knife in their own head. It's beyond stupid what they're doing. It's uh, it's self harm. So anyway, they've chosen to do it. Um, maybe it's just uh, you know Darwinian selection of the fittest well, and some of these retards. Is it know, the Shiites? It? Is it the Shi- I think it's the Shiite branch that goes through that one day where they walk through the streets and beat themselves up with with multi prong whips on their backs. Are you suggesting that we get our police force to do that in London? That's not such a bad idea, Roger, actually. I think they've got them doing it mentally now. Uh, I know. I'm just, you know, they might as well just, put, and we can put it on as a televised live special with phone ins. And uh, uh, so what would we call it? Police well, self flagellation uh, you know, day or let something. Me, let me, let me, yeah. up. I'll tell you one thing that comes out loud and clear <laughs> the only way you confront these bastards is you got to stand up to them. If you do not stand up to them, they will continue to roll forward and escalate. And any kind of recompense that you give them and any kind of, 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 of consolidation move, they will take to their advantage and use it against you. you got to stand up to their ass cold. 
I mean, it's just the same way we've been yeah, talking about with this affidavit. You know, the whole reason that we're here is because of this political process where you can sever yourself from the bastards. But what have you got to do? You got to stand up to them. And generally, people, because of the conditioning that they put you through your whole life, you don't have the backbone to do that until you get the knowledge and do a little study, and then you get the fortification internally, and now you can stand up to the bastards belligerently. And until that happens, you, it's very yeah. difficult for somebody to do it. Well, they got yeah, a lot of people that didn't know, know what the they were doing. You'll know where the cue for that line is yeah, because right. it's the shortest one. And that's for sure. Okay. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, <laughs> that tried to do it and had the backbone, but they but they had the disadvantage of not knowing what arena they were in. They got steamrolled. And that gives everybody else that may have it in the future trepidation because they see, but they don't understand that these other people got steamrolled. I don't want to do it. But they don't know if they understood what they were really doing that it's like taking candy from a baby. Yep. Yep, it is. Well, you know, as I said, the idea of actually having dialogue with or resisting these other people is a, is a very difficult thought to get your brain around because they're in a different sort of psychological space and world you, to you, us. You can't they, win they because are. you can. You don't want to get into those because you can't win because they will not recognize facts. Yes, it's a bit of a problem, that. It's a bit of a problem. Of course, they actually are benefiting from the sorts of Absolutely. engineering structures that are based on the accumulation and the application of facts and study. Uh, their life has been enhanced, but, but it doesn't extend into the sphere that they're interested in. I, I mean, I'm just reading here of a story. This is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But it's so true. When I read it, I went, oh, yeah, I've seen this, actually. So you've got, you've got liberals. Someone's writing a comment here. The gist of it is this that uh, he knows of a liberal couple in London with children who have left London uh, to move down to Cornwall and Devon. Now, Cornwall and Devon is, is on the south, is the southwestern tip of England, uh, and people in Cornwall think of them as being Cornish first and English second, which is sound. I'm fine with that. And uh, it's very much like nearly 100% white, though probably not for much longer, okay? Um, anyway, this uh, couple have gone down there with their children, these liberals, to escape London, I suppose. However, they're really concerned that their children will not grow up with a multicultural uh, environment. Well, of course not. Why? <laughs> we're, we're dealing with people who are basically, they're unwell, they're unwell, and all the time. I, I've, I had a comment yesterday from a, a friend, a, a guy I've, I've worked with on a couple of things. He he wants to write and do certain things, uh, videos and stuff, and he's lost quite a few YouTube video channels, three, I think, every time he does it, and they're good. I've done some work with him. He's a good guy. And uh, he said he's itching to write some stuff and to put some videos up, um, but his landlady, a white woman, is all in on the Black Lives Matter thing. Oh, God. And I'm going... Yeah, seriously. And I'm going, well, look, you're going to have to play possum on this and play dead and just use it for market research purposes. See if you can actually find out what type of madness she's got. So it's it's a white person's disease. To a great, There is a disease amongst white people. White man. Um, it's a mental illness. It's, it is. It's a mental illness. It's the white this man. empathizing. To it's the them. white man's yeah. burden. It, it really is. But it's in many cases, like in this, it's self imposed of course there's no reason for it all the tools exist to see uh, and what these people cannot see 
is that their the path that they wish everybody to go down to so that they can avoid feelings of discomfort, which is basically all it ever is. People don't want to feel uncomfortable. That's all it comes down to. And uh, the, but the path they're going to take people down is going to lead to the most colossal levels of discomfort people have, could even comprehend. It's absolutely because they're incapable of thinking beyond the first good feely thought. There is no real depth of, of thought here. And, and so, you know, it's a bit yeah. like trying to have an argument with, a, with a, cl- a classroom in the nursery. If you're the adult and you try and have an argument with children aged five and six, you look like a complete idiot. <laughs> because you are. But why would you do that? I mean, you know that the frame of reference they have is of a particular shape and size when you're five and six years. But you don't start engaging children in serious, heavy argument and debate. You come across as an absolute idiot. Well, that's kind of unfortunate. That's the situation with these people that look like grown-ups but are actually liberals, and they haven't grown up. <clears throat> and they may ne- and they may never. Yeah. Although at some point in this life, I believe that you get to a point where your ox gets gored, and a lot of these people, the light does come on for them. Some of them are just die hard, and I guess well, go to the grave with that philosophy. But the world don't work that way. Yeah. No. Paul, let me let me give you an example of uh, the same thing, the same concept you're talking about, but in a physical sense instead of a mental sense. Uh, about a month or so ago, I go up to Milwaukee, and I have a really good friend up there who has a uh, autistic son. Uh, this kid is 19 years old now. Yeah, he weighs 220 pounds. He's five foot. He's almost six foot. And he's strong as a bull. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has mentality of a four-year-old, literally. Okay? Right. It's literally a mm-hmm. four-year-old. And, yeah. and, and not a healthy four-year-old. And right. uh, he, he actually disassociates. I mean, his, his mind will actually – you see him, he actually has a, like a psychotic break, a psychotic break. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've known him since he was four years old. And watched him growing up. And so I know him really well. I, I actually care for the kid. And, and he, when, he, when he breaks, okay, when he has these psychotic breaks, he's not there. And he, I don't know what he is seeing, but he, he has a propensity of hitting. <laughs> right. Okay. So when he's 10 years old and he hits you, okay, it's not such a big deal. Yep. But when he's 220 pounds and six foot tall mm-hmm. and stronger than you, it's yep. a big deal. Yeah. And, and so I'm up there last month, and he basically attacks me. Uh, no provocation. It just he, – he disassociates, and he attacked me. Right. And I kind of had to defend myself, and uh, so I put him on the ground gently. I gently mm-hmm. put him on the ground. I said, take it easy, settle down, back, you know, take a breath. You know, I'm trying to bring him back to reality. So he gets back mm-hmm. up and he attacks me again. And uh, if it had been, a, if it had been another man or somebody mm-hmm. else, I'd have knocked him out. I'd have knocked you out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would have knocked him out. One, one shot, it had been over, but I can't do this to this kid. Because he doesn't understand what he's doing. So I have to defend myself while protecting him. Yep. And he broke my thumb. He broke my thumb. Okay. 
<laughs> he literally broke my thumb because I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to protect him while I'm protecting myself. I got hurt. He didn't yeah. get hurt. No. The point I'm trying to make here is this is this is the situation we find ourselves in here, don't we not? Are we, we not? Do. Are we? Uh, we. I physically got hurt by trying to protect him while he was attacking me. You see the paradox? Yeah. And this is the paradox that they have us in socially now. We're in a, a – it is a disease. It is a virus. But you've been trapped into a, a, a sociological paradox. All right. And uh, – uh, uh, you're absolutely right. I was talking to my son the other day about so trying to come up with some example of that. I was saying it's as if uh, you're defending your wife, your wife's behind you, and you're uh, putting at bay some attacker, but you're really putting it, you're really <laughs> pounding it. And your wife is pulling you back saying, don't beat him up too badly. Right? I'm going, no, no. <laughs> You know, no, no, don't, 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 hang on just a minute. If I, if I stop, he's going to kill you. He's going to kill us both, right? You don't understand. This is it, right? We've gone past – there's a line's gone over. That's it. We can't – he's not coming back from that line. That's not happening, right? But that's what it feels like. You're, we are – you know, you were fighting or, or defending yourself with literally, metaphorically, you know, one arm tied behind your back, understanding the situation at a fuller level than the opponent did, knowing what was going on. And so it's, it, it is yeah. a, it's a, a ridiculous thing. We're just looking around for common sense in people and finding it not there. Right. It hadn't been there for a long time. serious. It hadn't been there for a long time. It's serious stuff. It's very serious. Yeah, yes, it, it is. is. Yeah. And, it is. Uh, so, yeah. Well, we uh, yeah. There seems to be an uprising on section, this is important, we talked about it the other day, section 230 of the communications bill or whatever the internet thing was that allows Google and them to do all this political censoring. And they stepped, evidently they stepped over the line yesterday, day before when we didn't talk about this on the show, but evidently I'm learning that virtually 80% or more slightly of all advertising funds are now funneled through Google. Did you guys, did you know this? Well, I knew it was a lot. So give me the percentage again. They, uh, 80, 80 plus percent. And yeah. so they've mm. got, because nobody can come back, they don't, they're not held accountable for their platforms, but they hold you accountable for yours. That's what this Section 230 does. And it's they're, they're calling for repeal of it today uh, after Google censored Zero Hedge. There's two websites they went after, and the reason they went after them is because they have comment sections that are not monitored. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. about to be overturned. I've, I've heard it talked about for the last month or so, and I think that's getting some, some legs today. So that's good. Boris got in a little this, car. This thing, I mean, Bojo yeah, got just, a little car wreck over there this morning, Paul, in case you hadn't heard. A protester ran out in front of his his car cavalcade and caused a bunch of accident, and Bojo was in it. So I think oh, he's dear. all right. Maybe his neck wasn't hurt. We'll hope. Oh, uh, well, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, <laughs> Mr. Johnson has not st st stepped up to the plate. He could have, but he didn't. And that tells me more fully, you know, all these – it's all a controlled situation, sure as we is. know. But like I was saying earlier, we're surrounded by people who think it's a real 
thing. They don't yeah. even see it as a play. Yeah. We Not only do we see it as a play, we see it as a really bad one. Go, a, this is mad, isn't it? It's a play within yeah. a play. It, it definitely is. It's the play within the play. Uh, just coming back to this principle, though, that Daryl started, you know, about this, uh, him having to defend himself in that particular way, and looking at it as a sort of wider the societal thing and coming to a point you mentioned earlier on Roger about, you know, the quiet, the silent majority doing something. One of the issues with getting that something rolling, whatever it may be is, and I tend to think this, all of the incumbent structures would be against them. It, this is the reason why people don't move. There's something holding people back and it's the condition, whether they could articulate it like we're doing here. I don't know. I suspect probably not. But it's the condition of most of the people they have around them to get them to a point of committing to their own lives as opposed to backing off and going with the flow in literal in in, in a literal sense. So that if any, any if any resistant movement arises here, it will find a raid against it. The police, the army, the government, the law, everything will be around because those institutions are full of people who are still kowtowing to the agreement and haven't actually seen it. So we still have to – we're still involved in a sort of extended Chinese whispers campaign where everybody's you know, whispering to one another. I think there are knowing nods taking place. Men are looking at one another, and, and I'm having more conversations, very simple ones, that people know that there's something seriously wrong and that they're considering that they may have to do something about it, although they're hoping not to. But, but that's uh, quite a big shift from where people's brains were two years ago. Implanted in their subconscious is this little voice – I'm only one guy, though. What can I do? If I try, I'm going to lose all this, and I'm going to get this repercussions. And look at the guy that lost his job for just writing an article that buildings matter, too. That's the conversation in the subconscious. Yep. Yep, it is. It absolutely is. Yeah, and it is. And, and, it's and, called whack-a-mole. Uh, that's right. Whack-a-mole. And it's like I've said on the air and, and when we've addressed this in the past. Look, I'm only one guy. Look what I've done. Not only that, look at the odds that well, I've gone up against and overcome, even to get to the fla- fr- fragile little point we're at. Roger, you're an, you're an instigator. That, that you're an instigator, Roger. I want to talk to your mom. I want to talk. I'll give your. I want to talk to your mom. I'll give your number. Yeah, uh, I think we could have a one. I've threatened. I've Listen. threatened her to call her on yeah. the just call cold call her and get her on the show one day, one of these days. I'll do that. I, I would. I would love to. I, I tell you what. You get your mom on. I'll get my mom on. And uh, boy, and, and then you better. Then you better be strapped in because she is. She is a her. Uh, she's a tsunami. That's it. Um, uh, anyway, listen. I, I think we're. I think we're. We're going to have to do a strategic uh, reassessment here in uh, li- literary and, and uh, conversation with people. We're going to have to ask them simpler questions. You're making this way too hard. Yeah. I, all of us are making this way too hard. We're going to have to use a simpler language. We're going to have to use simpler expressions, and it, it might start out something like this. So I'm going to try this on Paul Rogers. See what you think. So mm-hmm. you're, you're in a conversation with somebody and. and uh, you ask them the question. Are you, do you do you feel like you're the kind of person that learns from uh, your mistakes? Now, that's a pretty simple that's question, right? Ooh, that's are you like you're doing it? Are you are I, this this is this is something that my mom used to. say. She says you need to learn from your mistakes, young man. 
and uh, Daryl Wayne. She used to she mm-hmm. used my middle name, Daryl Wayne. Okay, only your mom calls you by your middle name. Yeah, that's right. And uh, she she says, uh, so uh, you ask somebody, go, are, are you the are you type of uh, chap fellow uh, uh, hooligan that learns from your mistakes? Okay, and then just wait for the answer. Uh, whatever that is, and then your next you don't you don't make an, a declaratory statement. Then you ask follow up with another question. You go, so ex- tell me, you know, I'm curious. Do you uh, are you do you see yourself as the kind of fellow that goes along to get along, and then wait for that response, and see if it squares with learning their their proclamation. And this can go to several different areas, right? So if they say, well, yeah, I'm the kind of fellow that learns from his mistakes, and then you ask me if you're a go-along-to-get-along kind of guy, then you, you, have a, you have a basis there. You go, well, how does that square with your previous answer? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and these are very simple. These, these are actually old expressions that have been around for, since before you and I were uh, – all any of us were born, Okay. I mean, you see my my train of thought here with this. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Chris has been mighty quiet. It might help some people. Chris yeah. has been real quiet. Yeah. That's pretty unusual. Let's check on him. Chris, you all right? Oh, I'm just fine. I the only thing I would want to add to the conversation is I still think this Jeremy Prather, George Webb, and Farmer Jones, Alex the attorney. Uh, video is incredibly important because it's talking about what's going on today from the perspectives of a very studied, deep source special ops guy that's been in it for years and years from the deep state who has given his associations and observations that relate the DNC, so-called Black Lives Matter movement, being funded through their Art Blue uh, arm of funding of Soros money and uh, DNC money. And this is an insurgent counterinsurgency special operation that's being played on the world by the deep state of the DNC party of professional criminals. So I'm in a medical procedure meeting with a friend of mine. So that's why I'm being so quiet. Thanks for inquiring. All right. Well, give me those names again so we can try and isolate this video and be a little bit more descriptive on how people could access. Yes, that's George Webb. Right. Jeremy Prather, P-R-A-T-H-E-R. And Farmer Jones, uh, Alex is his name, but he's not related to the InfoWars, Alex. And I'm not sure if Jones is his last name. But he has a Caravan to Midnight uh, type voice. Uh, I think maybe I got it here. It's about an hour and 25 minutes long. Terms? Uh, it might be about that one, yes. Uh huh. Okay, well, I put in George Webb and, J- and Jeremy. Prather in and got a list, and there's a bunch of short ones in there too. And I'm not going to take the time to go through it. But if you want to out there, I'll try and find what yeah, Chris is a, talking about. Do you know the title of it? Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head sitting here, but wait a minute, I might still have it here if I U.S. This must be it. I bet. Yeah, this was state sponsored. And uh, when you understand that the Black Lives Matter is funded by the warring arm of the DNC, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the Clanton oh, gang, yeah, and all the usual players, 
uh, and it's been hijacked by the deep state operatives. They're expecting assassinations of both sides to create havoc and chaos, crisis. Uh, it's a common tactic, so uh, that's what's going on. Now, I know they're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at it before November, I can promise you. Uh, we'll go back and see if we can isolate that and get it out there. I think, of course, Chris is thumbnail about Debbie Wasserman Schultz and the usual suspects being behind this, but I did want to add one. I've seen a couple of people refer to it. I guarantee you somebody that's pulling some strings in the background shadows is Mr. Obama. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he's at the highest risk. He's orchestrating. He risk. sure is. He sure is. Here's Murr that's going to come in and Sorry, add Murr. some you know, in the, in the uh, sports broadcast, and they call it color. So I guess Murray, <laughs> if I can uh, get back with her here and find You're out. allowed to use the word color on this show, you, Roger. You, That's yeah, on this show sure. we can. On some shows I don't think they're comfortable <laughs> with it. Uh, all right, Murray, I'm looking for you in the Microsoft list. And, you know, with the, they got a little circle, and when you come down the list and find the person you got to go back, you, you click the circle. And, of course, with Microsoft Skype, that when you click it, it doesn't register, and then it goes back to the top, and then you got to find it again. So just uh, let's see if we can get Murr on and do her. She's always got color for you us. I, there she is. Hey, girl. Hi. What, what <laughs> yeah, have you got some color? The guy's name. Have you got some color yeah, for us? Yeah, I'm looking up uh, Chris's stuff because apparently he's busy there, so uh, it's Jeffrey Prather. I haven't seen it yet either. But you also ought to know that George Webb's real name is Swigert, and he's not always – <laughs> yeah, I think I, I I remember some dubious stuff from him. He's been around for a number of years. Uh, but yeah. anyway. Guy. Well, I don't think those yeah, conclusions and- that, that Chris laid out are, you know, too much of a leap. But uh, I yeah, just like. It liked- looks like it was uh, from one week ago called Terror Cell State Sponsored, question mark, with George Webb and special guest Jeffrey Prather. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. Under YouTube search of George Webb, Jeremy Prather, and Farmer yeah. Jones that he gave. So, but it is Jeffrey. But anyway, what I really wanted to call about, thinking about it earlier, was uh, brown rubber baby buggy bumpers. Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> turns out, turns out this uh, Pink Floyd guy had no legs. If you slow down the one, and then there's some other videos. There's a real funny one. I'll, I'll have to send you. It's towards the end of another video that was probably taken down otherwise but it's a jamaican guy and it's hilarious because he's going through everything and you know the angle from the the video that we're supposed to see and the guy has a pencil thin pixelated arm and all this other stuff well there's nobody there so it's like green screen for some of it so it's all this photoshop and put together stuff but not only that that happened on 525 in in minneapolis and mini okay but there was one the same thing Another baby buggy bumpers, you know, you got the buggy bumper there, right? The police car, right? This happened to switch sides on the buggy bumper. But that was in Paris on 528. And there was another one. There was a third one in Madrid. Same thing. And that was on 530. What so. is a, <laughs> pardon me for interrupting, what is a, a brown boopy baby bumper? I don't know. Uh, you lost me from the start there. Well, that's, that's a tongue twister. We, this is a tongue twister we used to say as children. Rubber ah. baby buggy bumper. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, so this is brown rubber baby buggy bumper dummy. 
Are so it's a dummy are they're you, using. Are, and oh, it's, oh, it's, oh. It's, you're referring to Mr. Video. You're referring yeah, to Mr. Yeah, George yeah. Floyd? I didn't even think that they said, whatever. If he's even alive, because apparently there was, uh, fits the description, died in Texas some years ago. Yeah. But, uh, well, and, his and lawyers come his lawyers come forward I, and he put his phone number if anybody wanted to call him and verify stuff so i've got to feel somewhat good about about, about the information the source and uh yeah then i saw another little meme and they had some pictures of it and they said where'd the hair go and one of the pictures had him with a full head of hair and with him on the ground he didn't have any hair he's bald so i yeah, you know I mean, yeah the way it was handled the way yeah, he's supposed it, to have his hand handcuffed, but then when they throw him on the stretcher, it's yeah. not. And then, but then if you stop that video at the very end, if you stop it, you can see he has no legs. There's like shorts or something, but there's no legs. Well, Who hasn't got any legs? Who's run out of legs? That guy in Monty Python. That, that guy in Monty Python when they had the fight, and he cut his legs off. <laughs> oh, you mean the Dark Knight? The Black that Knight. one. Yeah. That one. Come on, you coward. <laughs> Come on, you coward. Tis but a scratch. <laughs> a scratch at your old bloody arms off. It's fantastic. Come on, you fairy. I can bite you. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's like that. Yeah. So while you're down on your knees, why don't you roll over and play dead, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so they're on plan D- minus for desperate. So uh, you know, the whole thing, it's also so incredibly awful. And... Um, True News was saying uh, the other night, I haven't, I don't see them regularly, but, and they were talking about their documentary coming out for the USS Liberty, so, and it, they're, it's actually going to have to be longer. And I talked to Dave Gehari when he filled in for Deanna Spingola, and, you know, they have a full-fledged movie they're working on. So this is coming out. And I told Dave Gehari, now that I'm on that subject, that people don't, you know, it was underreported and misreported and not reported at all, but... Before Trump went to Warsaw in 2017, just about the anniversary of the Liberty, he sent a listening ship, just like it, to Israel to listen. And then he sent the USS G.H. W. Bush, which was the largest warship in the world, and plunked it off the coast of Israel. And Israel's planning up, oh, yeah, we're peace partners and blah, blah. Well, now, they got he, a bone to he, pick. They got a go bone to pick. He put on him so they... They got he didn't a bone. Do nothing while he was in Warsaw. They got a bone to pick with the Israelis right now. The Israelis are caught in a vice of their own device, which is their allegiance to China and selling them the port of Haifa, and the U.S. going in there and saying, "Don't do this." That's why Pompeo went over there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, see, you know, it all, all boils down to their control of the money, like Henry Ford told us. You know. It's worldwide, the money and the media. And the, and they, like that email I sent you and Daryl, they've been in, Jews have been in China a long time. You don't. You know, they set up the. the yeah, Morris Green, 1931. I didn't, uh, I didn't need there. an email from Murr to tell me that, dear. Okay. I know. Hey, I've got what? something to play you. Listen, you got to listen to this. Is, this is just winding back to the Black Knight thing, similar vein. Okay. Now, this is an actual, this is from Fox News a couple of days ago, right? Hang on. I'm just going to make sure you can hear this. There we go. Listen to this. 49 seconds long. 
There is infighting among some of the occupiers and some signs of rebellion against Raz Simone, who we introduced you to here on the story last night. One posting on social media that has now been deleted read this. I didn't vote for Raz. I thought we were an autonomous collective, an anarcho-syndicalist commune at the least. We should take turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. That's just part of that. What? I told you. We're an anarcho-syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a civil majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case of more Be quiet. I order you. So I think that was absolutely that is brilliant. That is almost Some word for word. For God's sake. Yeah, no, they just didn't even know what they were looking at, right? They didn't know what they were looking at. And this guy threw this in, obviously just completely taking the mickey out of the whole thing. You know, strange women lying in ponds distributing swords is no basis for a system of government. And it's just, <laughs> it's actually, it's my, it's my favorite comedy sketch probably of all time, the constitutional yeah, And what it's are they just, doing there? They're handling dirt. So that yeah, they're picking up sods. Oh, some lovely dirt down here, Dennis. Yeah, filth. They're just moving sods of. <laughs> it's fantastic. Your immunity. It underlines yeah. that point. Grow up. I thought we were an autonomous collective. The she read it out. It's just fantastic. <laughs> it's brilliant. Brilliant. But I want to tell oh, you, people, I veered off of the veered off of the true news. If I'm my butt in here and before I forget again, but when I went off to the USS Liberty bit, was true news making the point. To get out of Babylon, get out of the cities before you can't sell what you got there. It's happening. Get yourself out to the it, urban I, and better yet, rural. You know, I saw the little thing on the video. Somebody went in. I mentioned it yesterday, Paul. This is astounding. Somebody went into the national multi-level listings, you know, for houses when they put it on the listing service. And yes. 18.5% of the listings in Minneapolis came on the market in the last seven days. <laughs> Well, I'm, what a surprise. Well, I, well, no one could have anticipated that. That's a shock, isn't it? <laughs> so what ha seems to be happening really is an interesting little transition of the people that are waking up. Good luck on selling your home, by the way. And uh, uh, So you sell think, it. are you saying if I want to move to America, I should probably go to Minneapolis because I could no, get no, a no. pretty good well, property you, at quite a low price. Is you, that what you're saying? You, you could lowball them and see what you get out there. I'd suggest you go to Etowah County, Alabama and side up with Daryl down there. <laughs> But if okay. I, you know, just if, and I was directing you, but, uh, I thought that was very interesting. Now the people that have been in the city are moving to the suburbs, but the people in the suburbs are trying to get out rural. So there's a reverse out yeah, of the city. I, I could be a stupid British type and try to get into the suburbs in Minneapolis. They wouldn't be nasty to me because I'm British. You see, I'd offer them a tea and buns. Now you you because live down live in La La Land and you, completely deluded. You live in a pretty nice part of England over there, from what I've been able to tell. You you live fairly well, close. Well, I, I, I think if I could see it over my moat, yes, and from the battlements of my castle, I think I do. But yeah. I, you know, as I survey my hu the huge You're areas isolated. of, I, I actually, I'm joking, but I'm not far from a castle. You should look it up called Arundel Castle. It's magnificent. It's a fantastic castle. You're, Absolutely brilliant. You're real close and, uh, to uh, where the battle that dictated the future of the world took place there. Hastings? Is it, was it Hastings, 1066? Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's down the road from here. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, that's not far off, about 40 miles mm. away. So it's just down the road. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. Stonehenge is just up the road. Then there's London, that lovely place, oh. London is Stan. That's fantastic. There's loads going on. It's all mad, of course. But yeah, but Arundel <laughs> Castle, I wouldn't mind, I I wouldn't mind a, living there. I have a group question here, uh, since we have a bunch of people here. Um, are, are you guys familiar with uh, the Batman... Uh, series of movies, and there's a uh, there's a guy that plays the bad guy in one of the later movies. Is and his he takes over New York City. He wears a yes. mask. Bane. It's an autonomous zone. And and yeah, and he is serving a guy who lives in a cave in like uh Chizikistan, and his name is raz <laughs> that's right raz and uh, i i've i haven't heard anybody else bring this up but there's there seems to be a uh, a connection there between the the situation that plays out in the movie and the situation that has been uh uh, uh, prompted up there in Seattle. Have, have you? Do you know of that? Does that ring a bell with you, Raz? Yeah, chop. The nation. Yeah, yeah. The nation of Raz. Chop. The nation of Chop. Yeah. So, <laughs> How are they getting on in Seattle? Anyway, was it six six blocks of heaven? They've created. Is that right? Is that what's going on? No. Utopia. Little, yep. Yep. Little heaven right here on Earth. Lovely. Depending Lovely. on depending on easy. your depending on viewpoint and your politics, obviously. Mm. But unfortunately, you know, the people that are trapped are the ones that have businesses and that actually have apartments and, and stuff in that area. They're the ones that are really trapped, and they're mm. going. They, some of these reporters are cornering them and going, "What do you think?" They say, "Hell, I'm scared to tell you what I think." Yeah. Here's another level of the programming that's pretty spooky, and yeah. it came out in in the WikiLeaks, I guess. Um, but the the um, pizza-related scarf, um, or the, or um, whatever. The what? Thing the what? Found Podesta, um, John Podesta apparently left uh, a pizza-related napkin or scarf or something checkered in an empty house. Okay, and this is from a realtor reminding him if he wanted it. Now, so that would appear that they'd like to do rituals in these empty homes. And so when you buy a home, you don't really know what all you're getting. Yeah. I, I, well, I, don't, I don't know anybody that's in the housing market right now. Except to sell. Yeah, but I'm just saying you would you would never know that. But uh, looking back, it uh, makes me think of uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, Trump's. Uh, oh, what's his name? Marvin. Marvin is it? Marvin. Marvin. They had the resorts there for a while. Oh, I can't think of his last name suddenly. But he um, every house he lived in, he said, turns out someone had been killed in there before they moved in. <laughs> Came under ill. Oh, what's his name? Oh, I can think of his gay, and it's an, he's not a black guy. He's a big wig. Uh, he used to have a show many years ago. Um, oh, I think of his name. But he had resorts next to Trump's uh, Taj Mahal, and 
And for some reason, I'm, I like to explore buildings when I'm in them, and I was exploring the Taj, and off to the one side was a hallway. No no uh, plaques on the wall saying where it went, but I could see sunlight, so I went around. And off to the left was an empty room. looked like it was purposely left to get dusty, a couple boxes, turned over chairs and things. And on the right was a giant griffin, that's it. Merv Griffin. Ah, oh, I was about to say what, what this thing was. On the right-hand wall was a giant griffin scratching towards Merv Griffin's resorts in a doorway out that way. So I think we have some of these, you know, these uh, you wouldn't normally think of, but they're underhanded, uh, spiritual and uh, occult and, uh, you know, whatever classification, whether they be druid well, or satanic. They're all around us, Mur. They've been there all our whole lives. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but we don't realize. And well, no shit. In this hallway, giant griffin going after griffin. And griffin turns out to be like boys, you know, and that was part of his downfall and so anyway, but uh, just how it plays out, you know, there's just so many layers. Let's go back to Monty Python. <laughs> hey, I've got another Monty Python clip for you. Do you want one? <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Players, well, players let me tell you which it yeah. is. It's not actually John Cleese, who was, you know, a big part. He's been in the news twice this week, once for that sketch. Um, because he was, you know, that that came up. But also, after he did that, he did this series called Faulty Towers. Yeah, right, right. right. Now, yeah, there's a character in it called the Major, this slightly befuddled colonial British type who I just love. <laughs> and I hope I grow up to be him, right? But I won't because I've got no military background or bearing whatsoever. I'm a complete idiot on that front. Anyway, one of the stu- one of the one of the episodes was pulled this weekend. <laughs> Because of what I'm about to play you. Right? Oh, we've got it. And we've got it right here at the radio ranch. What was pulled? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to play it for you right now. Goody, and goody. Uh, then they reinstated it, but they're going to put a warning out oh, uh-huh, when they uh-huh. play this one. Uh-huh. right? But I, I won't play you the whole three minutes. This is the key bit. Here we I'll go. play the whole three minutes. You want me to play the whole three minutes? Is it worth Do it? Do you want me to play the whole three? Well, well, we got time. You can, it, it builds up to it. Okay, look, I'll play you the whole three minutes. Okay, okay. Thank, you, thank you. And that way you can, you can go off and have a cigarette. No, not no. really. Here we go. Evening, Major. Evening, Voltaire. Hampshire one. Did it? Oh, isn't that good? How splendid. Oh, Voltaire, I'm How's a how's a uh, 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 My wife? Uh, that's it. Fine, absolutely fine. They're taking it out tomorrow morning. Is she? Good. No, not her, the nail. They won't have operated till tomorrow. What? The nail. They're taking it out tomorrow. Well, how, how did she get a nail in her? No, I thought I told you, Major. No, she's having a toenail out. What, just the one of them? Well, it's an ingrowing one, Major. Oh, well, if it's causing you pain, you have it out. Exactly. So, I'm on my own now. Start running this place properly. Uh, so you're on your own, are you? Apparently, uh, oh, she won't be away for long, will no, she? No, 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 no. Not unless it's a serious mistake. Uh, you've always got Elsie to help you. Who? Elsie. Well, she, uh, she left a couple of years ago, Major. Funny, I thought I saw her yesterday. No, I don't think so. She's in Canada. Strange creatures, women. Well, can't stand around all I day. knew one once. Striking-looking <laughs> girl, tall, you know. Involved with a banker. Really? Don't remember the name of the bank. Oh, never mind. I, I, I must have been keen on her because I, because I took her to see her. India! India? At the Oval. <laughs> Fine match. 
a marvelous finish. Now, Sally had to get 33 in about a half an hour, and she went off to uh, Paolo, uh, Paolo Hans or something. Women uh, never came back. What a shame. And the strange thing was that throughout the morning, she kept referring to the Indians as niggers. No, 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 I said. Niggers are the West Indians. These people are wogs. <laughs> no, 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 she said. All cricketers are niggers. They do get awfully confused, don't they? They're not thinkers. I see it with Sybil every day. I, I do wish I could remember her name. She's still got my wallet. As I was saying, <laughs> no capacity for logical thought. There you go. Fun. <laughs> So, obviously, for those words, it was pulled. And, um, uh, of course, it's classed as a sketch in which, you know, the major is shown up as being somebody completely out of touch and using these old ways. But the problem is, is that we all really liked him (laughs) at the time and thought this was just hilarious and couldn't care less uh, about the other side of things. So, um, it's a very sort of British and English scene, is that. But he's... uh, that's how it, that's how the language is to be used. These words exist. We use them a lot around here, as much as we can, purely because people tell us that we can't. And I'm not having any of that. So that's that. <laughs> Very good. It, it's amazing. You can't hear the angry tweets at the bird bath here, can you? No. No. It's amazing what's going on uh, on a national scale. I'd like to think that we bring... Of course, our, our audience is pretty grounded, but... Uh, man, the, the majority of people out there, they got to be, de- you know, what was the old Led Zeppelin song, Dazed and Confused? I mean, there's oh, a lot I think of so. dazed and confused folks out there right now. Uh, so, anyway. Everybody's just offended. Everybody is offended by everybody. Yep. I'm offended that people are offended by yes. things. Yes. That offends me. Justifiably and, uh, so. You know, absolutely. And what about. These people are all into tolerance. I mean, they won't tolerate now, me because I'm an intolerant person. Why can't tolerant people tolerate intolerant people? Wasn't, they're not really tolerant, are they? Wasn't, wasn't mm. that what we heard that started all this crap? Tolerance? Let's yeah. see. It was with the fags. It was with the uh, all of them. Oh, you're so intolerant. You're so intolerant. Well, where's the damn intolerance now? Well, it's that thing, isn't it, that tolerance is the creed of the moron. It's the somebody who doesn't actually back themselves. If you, have a, if you have a value system, which I'm assuming you do, I know you do, from, uh, and everybody else, you, you have things that matter to you. If those things that matter, if those things that have proven themselves to be of good value to you and are good things, if those things are attacked, you don't tolerate that. But what's that about? That's basically saying, yes, I'm going to quietly commit psychological suicide over a prolonged period of time and become a dysfunctional wreck, and I'll just tolerate this stuff that basically I'm seething about. And I won't express that. I won't defend it. I won't stand up for what I know is right and for what I believe in. I'll just let you roll over me under this word tolerance. It's the creed of people who believe in nothing, have got no convictions in anything, stand for nothing, and just want everybody to get on and fail to understand that that means death. Tolerance is literally death. Well, That's you know, the is. old cliche. Is that, a, is that, a, is that a, a, another way of expressing going along to get along, Paul? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah, it is. You do it in the early parts of life because you may not know the ground rules. You know, you're in situations with adults when you're and you don't know quite where it is, but you suss it out. And there comes a point where you turn back and bite the, the 
for all of us. You got no, I'm not having that. Well, no. the earlier you stand yeah, up to the earlier you stand up to these bastards, the better chance you got of shutting them down. You let them. But it's an attitude. I don't want to be around. Yeah. Do you want to be around tolerant people? I can't stand them. No. They're revolting. Yeah. They're absolutely the most disgusting they're, wretches. They're sort of genetic. They're, spi- they're spineless. Garbage. What's they're, the point of them? They're spineless. They're not alive. They're not alive. They're so committed to everybody not coming to conflict with another that they die. They choose death. And that's the form that they choose it by being tolerant of things that are absolutely driving them crazy. Yeah. Oh, well, we don't want to make a fuss. I do. I want to make there's, a fuss. Let me tell you, there's, what's, what's the, there's what, a line the, of intolerance coming. Don't know where it is. Don't know what's yeah. going to trigger it. But there's a line of intolerance coming. Well, see, there's this plausible deniability here. If if you're if you're tolerant and have embraced that ethos, you can't be held accountable. Okay. Yep. There's no you. It, so so basically, what you are if you're tolerant is you're a no account. Yep. <laughs> you're no. Yep. And and and. and, and I, I just want to draw this out. Uh, last year, I don't know exactly when, but Paul Paul made a comment. It really stuck with me. And uh, the comment was, the only thing we're talking about is not is what you're not allowed to talk about. Now, I mean, this is profound, all right. And, and if you would only talk about things you're not allowed to talk about, then uh, uh, this would be your your confrontation training because people will then start to confront you, and and you can ask them why they're not tolerant. You know, I, I think you need to be more tolerant. And uh, uh it, this goes in a circle, but it's it can be fun. So, anyway, no account because you're afraid you'll lose your bank account. There's a lot of people that are in that position, and they're trying to put that out, that vibe out there heavy too. Yeah, maybe you know, maybe there was a lot more frank, forthright speaking in the past because people didn't have much to lose. They didn't have much stuff, right? That'll be the line. And and the people are so attached to their stuff. Right. Although the mortgage is the mortgage is a bedevilingly evil thing and needs to be done away with, as we all know, these things where your very house is used as a lever against your well-being is disgusting. And of course, it's not in common law. It's a thing that was brought afterwards over here. But but that that really is the key thing. You know, I remember that little phrase. Maybe you had it over there. That in polite society, one never talks about sex, religion or politics. You're right. But that's all you should talk about. It's like when you're, the, when you're the in a comedian. Group, you can talk about that practically nothing else. When that's, yeah, I had this idea of the reverso pub where the landlord goes around and if he finds anybody making small talk about television soap operas or garbage like that, they're banned. They kick, he kicks them out of the pub. You're only allowed to talk about heavy stuff. There should be a heavy room oh, good. where you talk about oh, religion like and that. every single thing and it should be like a volcano in there. Every pub would be rammed full every night if they knew there were discussions like that going on. That's the fire that's needed to go back into people's bones. When the stand-up comedy craze was going on about 20 years ago and all those clubs were opening up, there's some comedian, he goes, and that's when the political correctness phase started coming in. And he said, we're not supposed to talk about race and we're not supposed to talk about sex? What the hell are we supposed to talk about? Yep. That was the only acceptable event. Football. Talking about football. There you go. Football. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need football. To Let's talk about football. Oh, that Mers Mers trying to. Yeah, the commies that press the press the records, right? 
And they said, by the, by the way, which one's pink? The Pink Floyd, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I can see it on people's faces when I bring these topics up. I'm sure you do too, which is why I bring them up. I don't try and go in heavy to start off with, but I'm always nudging it over to these things. To, and you can just see people back off. Physiologically, I see a, a slight subtle change in their expression. There's a slight furrowed brow. There's a bit of worry. There's a bit of anxiety. The, the, the jaw clenches a little bit tighter. There's a slightly glassy plastic smile descends upon their face. And they become disconnected from it. Oh, I don't want to go there in the conversation. But that's the only place worth going, you fool, is what's going on. Why? Why don't you want to go there? Let's go into the pit of hell together. Come on. It'll be, it'll be a laugh. Let's go in. Watch. In, There's nothing in, there to hurt you. Into the gates of hell. Into the gates of hell rode the 600. That's right. You know, I only go into town about once a month <laughs> for a lot of reasons. But, you know, and I stock up winter so it's even less. But just to see these people, I can't imagine them day after day with their masks. And, you know, I asked the two ladies when I was checking out, I said, do you girls have he headaches at night? And they're, oh, yeah. You know, from wearing the damn mask. <laughs> you know, and, and the guy that was arranging the fruit. And I'm like, oh, are those peaches really ripe? So it's okay as long as we were talking about fruit. But as soon as I started to touch one, I went, uh, the went insanity. Went to our little lunch yesterday, which was quite good. We've had diminished attendance, but we had some good guys there and some nice conversation. And uh, yesterday, we're the only table in the whole place. So, But anyway, when I, I, I go over there, generally my routine is I use Uber. And I live down a little bit of a dirt road, and it's a little couple of zigs and zags you got to go through there. And I've done it enough times. I, I don't come have them come to the house. I just walk up the hill a little bit at a place and that and they usually find me there so i walked out yesterday and i forgot my damn mask okay and so uh I, now uber's got a global thing you got to have a mask in the car in the uber car and so the guy finally finds me and it's he's driven here about took him 20 minutes or so to get here down this dirt road and he finds it and there i am without a mask and now he's got a dilemma he doesn't know whether to pick me up and take me where I want to go or turn around and leave and waste all the time he's taking and a ferry he's got in front of him. And so I've got in the car and he didn't say anything at first. And then except he turned around, they want you, they spray you. They want to spray you with some kind of sanitizing <laughs> stuff. And then he asked me about mascarilla and I said, Nah, I, I forgot it at the house. And anyway, he, he capitulated, ended up taking me all the way over there. But uh, it was kind of funny. It was an interesting little situation of a commercial decision for him, you know. Well, do you stand on this or am I going to go ahead and do this other? And, of course, he succumbed. You tell me you'd hang your head out the window like a dog? No, like a dog? no, no. He's afraid I'd spread it through the neighborhoods probably. Uh, so, anyway, it was just an interesting little side. And, uh we're getting back Good. to some kind of normalcy around here, but it's going to be quite some time because the herd mentality is extremely prevalent in tribal societies. Well, you know, the mind virus. Dichotomy yes. isn't normal, so I'm glad some of these normals aren't around anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's real interesting. It's a day-by-day -day situation. There's so many things that are happening that are all bearing on other things. You don't know what's going to trigger something else and, uh, you know, just kind of sit and wait and see what the hell's going to develop between 22 hours when we get together and talk about these things, you know. 
I just love the rally numbers. Trump's Trump's going to get. You know, they could they could deputize all these guys secretly if they wanted to and go down and clean out Washington. You know, that's on the books. Deputize oh, who? You you might be interested to know that on the 4th of July here, I don't know what day that is. What day is the 4th of July anyway? This year. So it's only a few weeks off, isn't it? They're going to open the pubs up. I just thought you ought to know. That's oh, how much Saturday. they think about the 4th of July. Away. They're going Saturday. to open the pubs up. A it's higher a, honor I couldn't think of. It's a Saturday. To be bestowed on that day. Is it a Saturday? Yep. Good. Mm. So they're pulling a So weekend. they're going to open the pubs up, but but maybe we've all got to stand two meters apart. But um, Well, let me ask ridiculous. you on the, People on are genuinely the, concerned. On your soccer. Let's go. On Somebody your... came up to me the other day and said, I had a party in my garden. I just ignored all the rules. I'm going, what rules? I don't know what you're talking about. Why do you just have parties all the time? Who cares? There's no one here. We don't even have a police force. They've all got arms like pipe cleaners. What are you worried about? There's nothing going on. There's no force in land apart from lunacy. <laughs> that's all that's taking place. There's lunatics and there's a television, and all the lunatics are watching the television. Right? That's right. Well, don't I know somebody. There's somebody, a number of people in our audience, particularly this guy's not a lunatic, and he joins us here at the last minute. Shame on you, Bob. What you got to add, buddy? Yeah. Well, I had one salient point, and I waited to the last because it just occurred to me to mention it to you guys. We all know this, but when confronted with fools in masks, and I repeat myself, Ask them why, since the numbers prove that this is no worse, possibly less severe than many seasonal flus that we've dealt with since millennia, why were masks not required before this? If they weren't, why is it a good idea now? Bob, you're challenging them and requiring them to think. They're obvious. I, I, I know you, Bob. You're the guy that calls in at the end and causes loads of trouble. You're doing it again. Unbelievable. Stir the pot and walk away. He comes in here, doesn't he, with his smart comment at the end, and he leaves us all dazed. That's right. Brilliant. We've got all week to think about it. Uh, That's all uh, I had. Ah, go churn some alfalfa. Thanks, Bob. Go dry out some I think alpha. I, might, I think I might drop notes off in people's hands because trying to communicate with them is impossible. People it's are true. almost like, like, you know, you're a little bit too near me. <laughs> Don't speak to me. You're in my space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. So maybe I need to drop off a leaflet, you know, or a large 5,000-page medical report. Here, read this. This will this will set I you straight. No. Wife, I told my wife we need to get a bra for the front of the family car. <laughs> print on it. Yeah. Print on it. This mask makes just as much sense as yours. <laughs> dot dot dot. More. God, you're really yeah. a you're well, really least, a troublemaker. At least it keeps the bugs off. <laughs> yeah. That, no, no love bugs. You are so intolerant, Bob. It's outrageous. I can't believe it. Unbelievable. Thank you. Uh, Glad you noticed. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's thank Paul yeah. for uh, taking the time out of his schedule over there, the busy schedule. I should put the adjective in there oh, to join I'm, us. I'm so busy. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, stepping over all these people spraying statues. with I'm so busy. <laughs> you know, it's great to be here. Well, we love to have your it's input, good. and it's always refreshing, and we enjoy you. So uh, we thank you once again for spending your time with us. And uh, I'm going to start out tomorrow. Uh, Daryl, did you get that mailing from Pat about that list of court cases and some sites in there? 
the other day. You sent one out. I'm assuming you I got it. it well, I, I I, I, there yeah. was one that caught my it. eye on there. I was going to insert it today, but I figure we'll just save it for tomorrow. It's kind of interesting on the way we talk and what we it, talk uh, about no, no. around here. So uh, we'll schedule that for tomorrow in our general two-hour uh, quilting session and uh, see what else, like I said, comes up in the next 22 hours. Hell, we may be not able to talk about that. But hey, regardless, hey, Roger, what about Aunt Jemima's stuff? What about Uncle Ben's rice? That's got to be next. That's got to go, Could right? be. Could be. Okay. No, Cocoa Puffs. Yeah. Uncle Ben ran away. Cocoa, Cocoa Puffs. Oh. No. We need Cocoa to run a book. We need to right. run a book. Come on. Get a gambling book go. We've got to I run some odds. Which is the next brand to go? Come on. You've got to I think they're list. challenging Cocoa the Cocoa Puffs over at your place, Paul. Yeah. I love Cocoa Puffs. Damn. Oh, well. Try and be yeah. try and be as politically incorrect as possible in the next twenty two hours, and we'll convene and and do so in a group again tomorrow. Have a nice day, Paul. Thanks a bunch, bro. Thanks everyone. Yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks, Roger. All I gotta do is Man, it's really nice to be able to come together and solve the world's problems. I don't know how y'all feel about it, but. Just gives me warm fuzzies. Huh? I don't know what I'm going to do without Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> withdrawals. Cocoa Puff withdrawals. Find the cost of freedom. Buried in the ground. My